And now, Thriller Thursdays on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. Chapter 13 It was the sound that made Kit Baxter open her eyes. It was a small sound, to be sure, but it was repetitive, and her first thought was that she wished it would stop. Her second thought was that there was bright sunlight creeping in around the edges of the thick, dark curtains in the hotel room, which meant that he had let her sleep until morning. She sat bolt upright in indignation and discovered that the small sound she had been hearing was the red panda on the floor doing push-ups. He had clearly been at it for a while, as his breathing had become audible, and this had been the very small noise that she had heard in her sleep. "'I knew it,' she said crossly. "'Good morning, Kit,' he said as much as possible as if he had not broken a promise to wake her after three hours to take the second shift. They had been quite some time making it back to their hotel, as neither of the transportation options they had used in getting there were really available to them for the return journey. Absent a significant height to throw herself off of, the flying squirrel couldn't hope to pull off a glide like the one that had brought her there. And while stealing one of the cars at the old house would have been child's play, it also would have tipped off their rivals to their presence. If one was very good with the controls for their static shoes, one could adapt the system that they used when running over rooftops to land travel, alternating attraction and repulsion with the powerful field generators in the shoes. The result was a strange loping slide with a pretty impressive top speed, but the trip back to the hotel had still taken a long time. It was clear that their enemies knew where they were, and that for safety's sake they would have to spend what was left of the night in the same room. This had happened on a few prior occasions, though usually one of them was unconscious at the time, and any situation dangerous enough to merit shared quarters meant that one of them would have to stay awake and watch. Given that each of them had senses honed by practice and heightened by danger, this was probably unnecessary, but even Kit Baxter would have never joked that he ought to curl up next to her. She was certain she could never get the words out without tripping over her own tongue in excitement, and then it wouldn't exactly be a joke, just horrifyingly awkward. So she had behaved herself, and lay down to sleep while he kept guard. It actually felt like a fairly cozy arrangement, and about as domestic as they got, and Kit Baxter's last contented thought before falling asleep was that there had to be something really wrong with them. But that was then, and this was now. Now she was not contented. She was angry. "'I knew it! I knew it! I knew it!' she said. He did not stop what he was doing. If anything, his push-ups got a little faster. "'Sorry if I woke you,' he said. "'You were supposed to wake me,' she said. "'You were supposed to wake me hours ago so I could take the second shift, not let me have a lie-in and watch me sleep all night.' He stopped quite suddenly, and his knees dropped to the floor. "'All right,' he said, raising one hand in protest. First of all—' "'There's a difference between keeping watch and watching you sleep.' She threw a pillow at his head. He blinked in surprise. "'I'm supposed to be your partner,' she said, her eyebrows furrowed. "'What part of don't forget to wake me didn't you understand?' "'In my defense,' he said, standing, 
You're kind of a crab when you don't get enough sleep. Don't you even, she said with a warning wave of her finger. You need sleep too, you know. He shrugged. I spent some time on a meditation style I learned in India, he said. I feel quite refreshed. I think we should have breakfast out, rather than have room service send up an assassin. Wouldn't you agree? Red Panda, she said, not letting go of her indignation at being treated like the delicate half of the equation. Oh, for heaven's sake, Kit, he said, slightly exasperated. I couldn't do it, all right. I went to wake you, but you looked so... contented, I suppose. Like a big, dangerous baby. I couldn't do it. So I didn't. She blinked at him from where she was still crouched on the bed. You let me sleep because I looked too cute to wake? She deadpanned. He paused a moment as if trying to decide if she were about to throw another pillow at him. You looked very peaceful, he corrected. How did you know how cute I looked if you weren't watching me sleep, she said, a grin creeping across her face. He shook his head and raised his hands in mock surrender. I'm going to take a shower, he said. You want me to stand guard, she quipped without thinking. I bet you'd look real cute. His eyes popped open wide, and Kit felt her face grow hot and beat red. Kit Baxter, behave yourself, she offered meekly. He nodded his slightly dumbfounded agreement, but did not look entirely displeased. She noted that his ears were almost painfully red, so at least she had given as well as she had gotten. Time to dial it back a bit. So what's the plan, she asked, aside from washing and eating? He shrugged. That's about as far as I had gotten, really, he said. Boss, she protested. I mean it, he said. We've been operating to a degree on the assumption that Max had fallen into the hands of his enemies, in many ways because it was a worst-case scenario, and this is kind of what we do. But they don't know where he is either, she said, picking up the thread. Right, he nodded. But we've also been operating under the assumption that if we looked for the eye of Anubis, we would find the stranger, she said. And aside from driving to Luxor, where there is not actually a pyramid of any kind... We don't really know how to do that. Right, he agreed. So, she demanded, standing at last. Maxwell Falcone has been a mystery man since 1890 at least, Fenwick said. He got us from Toronto to Egypt with a penny postcard. So he must have had a plan for contacting us. That's going to be tough to do, she said, with Heckle and Jekyll watching us like hawks. Yes, it is, he agreed brightly. Unless we get out in the bright sunshine and lose ourselves in the crowds, the temples really are quite stunning. I'm rather excited to show you. She blinked at this. You're saying the best way we can help is to go play tourist? Yes, he said. Get out and see the sights, she continued. And have breakfast, yes. Like a pair of human targets, she grimaced. Now you're on the trolley, he said. There was a small pause. That one was more Jolson than Cagney, she said gently. Well, they can't all be winners, he shrugged. So, do you like comedy? If you do then Friday Follies might be just the feed for you. 
From the Mutual Audio Network, every Friday we bring you a selection of hilarious audio drama. And you can find it wherever you find your podcasts. Just search for Friday Follies, or you could subscribe to the main Mutual Audio Network feed. It's up to you. Find us there. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.